0: a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Here are your hosts, Daniel and Golnaz. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of VSL Talk. We're continuing to grow week by week, and thank you so much for all your support so far.
1: And today we have another interesting topic for you, which concerns teachers who teach English in another language or teach English as non-native or multilingual teachers. So how does the approach differ and what methods can be used that differ from the English-only or native approach? That's what we are going to discuss today.
0: Yeah, exactly. Why are we doing this? Because as we know, there's a huge market of teachers who need to teach beginner or low-level English learners using their l one their first language or blend two languages to help lower level learners to start building their English skills. Um, depending on the country that you're in, you know, you, these skills are really important and really valuable. So it's really vital that we know how to do this and that our teachers know how to do this. So for our interview today, we'll hear from Nastia, who's a global English teacher from Russia. Um, she has lots of experience teaching purely in English teaching using only her first language Russian and even blending the use of them for uh, her English learners.
1: So as a native teacher, Daniel, have you ever used another language to teach students English?
0: Um, I would I would like to say no, but I have had to at times. Um, when I was teaching in South Korea, I was also learning Korean at the same time. So I was studying at university. So. There were times when I was teaching students with very little or almost zero English proficiency. So it was very difficult to communicate with them and it was very difficult to talk to them using only English. Now, I wouldn't have full conversations. I wouldn't have um, you know, uh, lots of interaction in their language, Korean, because it wasn't my first language. But if I was listening to them and I heard them say certain things like they don't understand, they don't know what to do, um, how do I read this? How do I say this? It's too difficult. I can hear that in their first language and then I can respond in English. So I tried that approach. Um, I also used it with older learners as a little bit of a gentle, you know, I do understand what you're saying. I can, I can understand your language, but this is English time. Let's try to use English for these 40 minutes or one hour or two hours or whatever it is. Um, so I have used it, although I try to avoid it, but sometimes it's inevitable as you know, um, So let me ask you, Golden, as a non-native teacher, what's been your experience in using another language to teach English?
1: Well, first of all, when I started teaching English in Iran, I had the same L1 with my learners. So at times and at some certain points, uh, there were uh, different situations that my learners used uh, uh, Persian or I had to actually channel to uh, to Farsi to actually be able to help my learners. But this really, I mean, I learned from the beginning that Um, learners l1 should not be a taboo it should not be feared Uh, uh, you know learners should be comfortable with it if some incidents happen that for any reason they use it it should not be you know frowned upon or for example that's my personal belief Uh, you should have um, very welcoming approach to English learners. This is really important. And for me, for myself, being welcoming and uh, being comfortable with my learners and making them feel comfortable is really important. So for me, it it, it never was an issue, but I always uh, tried different strategies and different methods. And sometimes, sometimes, I had to, out of the classroom, I had to talk to my, some of my learners and, you know explain the whole methodology and the whole, how the whole language learning works, and why um, putting more emphasis on English is important and is necessary inside the classroom. Sometimes learners need to uh, know about this stuff because, you know they have no idea. They just enter the classroom and they just want to learn English, and sometimes they just feel that, okay, it doesn't hurt to, you. know. Speaking our mother tongue. Yes. I had this similar experience in Turkey as well. So it was always um, the um, trick of uh, knowing when to use it and when not to use it. So, uh, what about you, Daniel? Uh, Do you think it is necessary to use another language to help students learn English?
0: Like you've just discussed, Golnaz, I, I think it has its value for sure. And I think that it's, it's also, you know, there are times when it's necessary, but it goes back to what you were just talking about, about students understanding the why. If they know why something is important or the value of doing it a certain way and looking at the methodology and the strategy, then I think that it can be really important. Um, because, yeah, if, if you just at school, for example, you in a class, and okay, you can only use only English. Well, why? What's the method? What's the purpose? What's the motivation? And that's going to change with you know younger learners and older learners. Um, younger learners may tend to revert more to their L one if they're in a big group. They might feel more comfortable. Um, so there are ways around that. If we're thinking about online teaching, it's generally not as much of an issue because students are one to one or two to one or three to one, there's much less chance of them to use the L1. But there are times, you know, even where some students I'm working with have very low proficiency or very low ability, and they have that idea or they have that word in their mind, but they can't quite articulate it. So they might just quickly look up the word or, and. That can be useful as long as they learn from it the next time and they realize, okay, I need to remember this word or I need to use this word. And again, that all connects to context as well. Where do I use the word in what situation? So if they know the situation and they know the word, then they can start to get out of that habit. Um, And hopefully once they enjoy, you know, learning English, using English, and they see the value of using English only, then I think that can be really useful for them as well. Um, But yeah, I think... I think it's important again just to stress the value to students and to make them realize why it's important to use only english or the situations or the times when they can use their um, first language
1: definitely and um depending on situations and different situations and like what is happening because sometimes uh, it happens in the learning process sometimes it happens in the teaching process and sometimes it happens when no teaching or learning is necessarily happening. You know, uh, for example, when you enter the classroom, the class has not started yet. And for example, you see that learners are, for example, speaking in their uh, L1, uh, or I don't know when. For example, they add, sometimes so sometimes we teach vocabulary. This is a controversial a controversial topic, actually. For example. Do we have to uh, use one word and give it to them? Or do we have to explain, um, I don't know, for 10 minutes of the uh, class time to just teach one word? I mean, it really depends. And um, if all the learners uh, share the same L1 or is it a multilingual classroom, That's also uh, uh, that's, that also makes everything actually different. And I think it's really important as teachers to um, be open to um, different situations and to be able to make a correct judgment call. Sometimes, I think there are times, there have been times, uh, based on experience I have seen that you. it is better to use the L1. But it is not, you know, uh, there was a reason why grammar translation did not work. Okay? So it cannot become your main method and your main approach to teaching English or to teaching any second language or foreign language. But... It is, it is, you know, it's like a toolbox that some teachers have the L one as a tool in their toolbox. Mm-hmm. So, depending on the situation, they can choose when and when not to use it. Yeah. So I think I that's really important too. To I wouldn't know as much
0: about it as, as you do, but I think it's you, you know, knowing that. Well, if I need to, I can, or if I need to explain this more, or I need to go over something in more detail, I can. So, I think that's a really useful strategy um, that the teachers can apply for sure. Yeah. So I also just wanna bring it back to when I was learning another language. So as I mentioned earlier, um, when I was in Korea, um, I learned Korean at the university and that was through an immersion method, only Korean, no English. Now, most of my fellow students I knew from you know other places and I was quite friendly with them and they were American or English or they spoke English. So we would always, like you said, before the class, after the class, we'd use English. But in the classroom, it really, really pushed us because we had to challenge ourselves we had to find new strategies we had to find ways to communicate if we didn't quite have the vocabulary or didn't quite have the grammar structure so it was definitely more of a stressful environment but because of that i think my korean improved exponentially it got much better much faster um there were times when i just couldn't communicate i couldn't express myself and i had to borrow an english word or use an english word and the teacher kind of didn't acknowledge that but she kind of would nod or just be like yeah okay so then at least i could communicate that way but it was a little bit it was a little bit difficult but i think an immersion method is a really a really useful way a little bit of l1 sprinkled in there um but what's your approach have you experienced an immersion method do you think that that's a suitable method for learning a language especially if you're an adult
1: Well, I learned English when I was a kid and I was a teenager. So based on my age and based on the uh, language school that I attended, you know, I was never exposed to Farsi or Persian that much uh, by my teachers. I remember some cases that, for example, in some cases, the teachers uh, switched to Farsi, but it was very rare. I have some blurry images. Uh, So I cannot really um, say that I have experienced being taught uh, using, uh, for example, the foreign language and my L1. But I can say that for adult learners, uh, because for for young learners and for teenagers it can be different but for adult learners um, again as I said uh, the teacher needs to decide based on the approach and based on the method that they are following and based on the th- uh, whatever that they are teaching based on the lesson based on the uh, class profile and everything it would not hurt in some cases to use it but you know again not too much of it as you said just the sprinkle of the L1 if necessary
0: yeah, I want to go I want to kind of play devil's advocate here because i've seen it on the other side where i've witnessed english teaching in other countries and a lot of the time there's no english being spoken even though students are learning english and a lot of it is rote memorization of grammar so i'm gonna explain english grammar in another language or i'm gonna explain english vocabulary in another language or i'm gonna it's very very difficult so a lot of students that I work with, they have great writing skills. They have really good, um, you know, reading skills. They can find information. They can construct things well grammatically. But when it comes to speaking, the level is so much lower because they've never had an opportunity to be able to speak. Because in their schools or universities, they're not allowed to speak English. They're not allowed to have an opportunity to discuss things. So I think, you know, there are there is a time and a place sometimes for using L1. But there also is a time and a place for immersion and very strict not very very strict but quite strict English regulations as well because if you're learning a language you want to be able to speak that language and I can read all the books I can learn all the grammar I can know all the words but unless I can use them it's kind of worthless right it's like I can I can read all the books on how to drive a car but unless I go in the car and drive it it's not worth anything Um, so it's a really tricky subject and of course there isn't an exact correct answer or incorrect answer but I think we're going to get into that a little bit in our interview today. Um, So I guess we need to preface before we get into the interview that no matter what your approach is we need to know our students, we need to know their ability and we need to find a strategy that works well for them. Some students might benefit from a little bit of L1, some might need a lot of L1 and some might not need any L1. The skill is as a teacher know your students, know their level and work within that.
1: Definitely. That's, that's a very good way to put it, actually. Thank you, Daniel. So, we are going to get ready for the next portion of today's podcast. Please stay tuned. We are going to have our guest, Nastya.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started,
1: visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going.
0: Hi everyone, welcome to the interview portion of today's episode. Uh, today we have Nastia joining us. Hello Nastya. Uh,
2: hello Daniel, thanks for inviting me here. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's our pleasure. Mm-hmm. So as we usually do, let's start off with the first question today. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your teaching journey so far?
2: Uh, so my name is Nastia. I'm from uh, Russia, Moscow. Uh, Well, actually, first I entered Moscow Pedagogical University and I wanted to be a translator, maybe interpreter, yeah. But then, when I was in my third year, I realized that translating, like, it's, it's not my thing, and I started tutoring, I had my first students, little ones, and... Later, yeah, I realized that it was actually what I really wanted to do in my future, and then I changed my major and uh, graduated uh, majoring in uh, teaching English as a foreign language. And well, yeah, that's basically it. Now I'm teaching online.
0: So when you were learning English, did your two teachers use your L1? Russian or only English? And did this approach work for you?
2: Uh, It was actually both. When I was at school, our teachers, they would, like, you know, mix it. So then Russian, then English. Then uh, I attended some courses for teenagers, and they're my first, like, I consider him to be my first real English teacher, and he was originally from India, and Back then, he had been living in Moscow for, I don't know, maybe eight years. So he perfectly knew Russian uh, and English as well. So he didn't use any Russian. It was only English. But, well, then my level was around intermediate. So it wasn't for me a problem anyway. So
1: Interesting. So uh, what about when you started uh, working as a teacher and teaching English? Uh Did you teach only in English or with a combination?
2: Well, at first it was combination, yeah, because um, at first I was a um, translator student and I didn't know actually anything about methodology and stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, then I uh, learned more about communicative approach approach to teaching English and I um, Worked in an international uh, school for adults. Maybe you know it, Wall Street English. And there, they use this approach where they, like, they ask their teachers not to use Russian at all as much as we can actually. And there, uh, at first, I practiced that approach, and I, well, I really liked it, eliciting from students answers instead of telling them it's straightforward. So I saw how well this approach worked with them, and since then I've been using it, and I try to reduce Russian as much as I can. But of course, if I have like, true beginners who can only say, like, hello, my name is, sometimes, yeah, I use Russian for the sake of time. But yeah, I try as much as I can to use only English.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that's really important as well, to know your learners and know their level, because... If you just use only English and they have no ability, then it's it's going to be impossible. Um, so, Nastia, what do you think are the benefits of teaching only in English? Uh, sorry, restart that. So, what do you think are the benefits of teaching only using the student's L1? So, you, if they're a very low level and you only use the L1, what do you think are the benefits of that?
2: Benefits? Only L1. Oh... I guess well I can't even think of any benefits well you can it can psychologically help them I uh, want to get to know you better as a teacher but still if you don't use your target language uh, that's a bit weird I believe <laughs>
0: I know. I know a lot of you know a lot of teachers and a lot of um, language schools. They they teach in in the students L1. So why do you think that that is done? Why do they do that?
2: Well, it's easier, I guess. And now you know on Instagram there are lots of like tons of literally teachers who have their own like methodology, special methods, yes, unique methods and. Actually, they end up, I don't know, just talking about English in Russian. And yet, students can say, well, that, that's present simple, that's present continuous, present perfect. But actually, when it comes to speaking, they can just like, uh, uh, well, yeah, and they, they can't produce anything in the end. Yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty common.
2: So, I guess.
0: And so with that being said, then, what are the benefits of teaching only using English? As you've experienced, what did you find were the benefits of that?
2: Well, students get full immersion, yes, in uh, in language itself, yeah, then they, um, I guess they learn to predict, yes, they learn to guess uh, the meaning, yes, they might know some phrases, some words, yes, but still some might be, you know, uh, not clear enough, but they try to get the uh, knowledge the idea themselves they don't rely on teacher only and i guess that's really helps in real life situations when for example you travel somewhere and you don't have your teacher by your side and still you have to (laughs) somehow yes live through some uh experience in your life
0: wonderful so i guess kind of tying them both together
2: Mm-hmm, Where yeah.
0: or how can a combination of the two languages be useful? Because I guess this approach can work for lower-level learners, but how can it be useful and in what ways?
2: Well, I guess sometimes, yeah, if you want to save time during your class and you try to listen somehow, explain using different uh, methods, but still they don't get it, I think it's quicker just to translate sometimes. And then you can uh, move forward with more uh, important stuff at your lesson. But again, it depends on what, what are the aims of your lesson yeah, and what you want in the end to get from them. So sometimes it can really help and be like a blessing for a teacher. So,
1: um, so what about your approach to uh, teaching? Does it, does it change when you are teaching uh, different age groups, for example, when you are teaching younger learners or older learners or adult learners?
2: Well, yeah! If I teach younger learners, I try to use, I don't know more, like, fun ways and you not know, than just we use some, we sing songs a lot. Yeah, and but actually now I I prefer to teach only adults. I'm a bit tired of teaching kids. Because it takes too much of me, <laughs> my energy yes, to keep them focused, motivated. Yeah, and motivation is it's a real problem if we talk about children, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I've been in that boat. I know that experience. It's very draining emotionally and mentally as mm-hmm. well. And you also have to deal with parents. And you have another language barrier there, which can be very tricky. So again, mm-hmm. one more question to ask you about this. How do you work with students who request English only or L1 only, even if you know their level doesn't match? So maybe students are very proficient and they still lean more towards their L1 or students have a very low ability and they want English only. How do you you know ch- deal with those challenges and avoid those uh, conflicts?
2: Well, uh, I guess I, I've, I haven't had much experience. In that sphere but well I, rem- I do recall a student he was a teenager back then maybe around 14 years old or so and I remember when well I knew that he he was aware of how to say that in English but still he would use Russian I don't know why I would stop him I would argue with him I would like you know tell him, uh, like, if you keep talking in Russian, we'll end up writing translation of what you've just said in Russian. And those uh, warnings helped a lot a bit, but I guess since then I I haven't encountered such a problem. So usually, yes, my students, they understand, yes, that they need to use English. And, well, of course, if they don't know how to say it in English, they might use Russian. But still, I, t- I tell him, like, guys, okay, you don't know past tense, but you know present. You can say this phrase in present and just yesterday, and I get you, yeah? So, the goal is to express your, yourself, your ideas. Later, we'll deal, yes, how with it, how to say it in, in English, grammatically correctly. But if I understood you, like, that's the goal.
1: Thank you, Nessia. And uh, I would like to ask you, what advice would you give to non-native teachers who want to teach learners in their own country?
2: Well, I guess I'd say, guys, you should uh, develop your professional skills as much as you can and even if you graduate from university, it doesn't mean that you you're gonna know English well. Yes, you have to uh, practice everyday like I know follow uh, professional teachers who are better in different aspects and learn their experience and just never stop learning, I guess. That's the major point here.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And just to add on one final part to that, what advice would you give to new teachers in different countries who are thinking about teaching English online? You know, where, where should they start? Where should, where should they begin in that journey?
2: I uh, mean just online, yeah? Yep. Precisely, about online teaching. Yep. Uh, well, I guess, again, you should deal with your methodology at first. Yes, then if your level isn't high enough, then you should work on your English level, of course. When you find a teacher who is has a higher level than you have, practice. And again, again with online, it's really important to use uh, convenient tools for teaching. Yes, I discovered for me, for myself a really like amazing tool. It's, maybe you know it, it's a Miro program. It's... Like online whiteboard and it's super duper convenient for teaching yes you can store your uh, materials for all the less you can both work simultaneously with your students you can write draw make some notes and yeah it's it enables you to work better
0: sounds like a great tool and what's the name of that Miro
2: M I R O dot com
0: Okay, great tool. There we go. Great takeaway for all our listeners. Yeah, it's
2: really convenient, yeah.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Nastia. Okay, that wraps up our interview for today. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, yeah.
0: All right, guys, that'll wrap it up for today. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the topic and the interview. Um, Again, we always try to cover a range of interesting topics and maybe controversial topics. So thank you always for your support. If you do want to get in touch with us, as always, you can send us an email at esltalkpodcast at gmail.com.
1: And please remember to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook, ESL Talk Podcast.
0: See you next week, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more ESL teaching content.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.